0: everybody happy new week and if you are in victoria i hope you're enjoying that extra day of the long weekend it's labor day here uh in melbourne um so i'm still have turned up to do my monday morning live um because i'm committed to it and i'm not anywhere traveling uh this week so well not early this week so therefore why not get my Monday routine underway and get this uh, week started on a high note. Um, so literally like a minute ago, I finally came up with the idea of what I wanted to talk about today. Um, I went through about five different things and I thought I had one picked and two minutes ago I thought, nah, i feel like talking about, uh, something different and literally unpacked it in the last 60 seconds. So I hope you are having a great long weekend if that's what you're doing or you're, uh, back to it, uh, this Monday morning. So today... We are gonna talk about uh, know your numbers, love your numbers, and grow your numbers. And um, for small business owners, how essential and critical it is to uh, monitor their activities, no matter what stage of their business they are, because um, because getting into the habit of knowing them, learning them, growing them, loving them, uh, is the most important thing uh, in order for you to also reflect and see how far you have come uh from where wherever you're starting from So I'm going to cover off 10 different areas that um, I go through um, and uh, look at very regularly in terms of where we're at and how we grow year to year and all that sort of stuff and why those things are super important and more importantly also how I do it so that maybe you can take away some of it and uh, start documenting it at your end. All right, so let's get going uh, in uh, my top 10 list because I always feel like I'm running out of uh, time at the other end good morning to Ruth um over from the US so we're actually traveling to the US in less than two weeks time uh visiting again over there and going to Wrestlemania and doing a tour um all right so the very first thing that I started I'm kind of going to rewind the clock back and um think about the kind of things that I was looking at in my business and what I was um uh, monitoring and the very first thing that I actually got told by my mentor to do is to get into this habit of um, monitoring uh, the uh, my marketing efforts. So, what was I doing out there? Who was I meeting? How are things? Good morning to those people who are just joining. And also um, my cash flow, right? Or what was the income and expenses that were coming in to my business. And I had these um, uh, uh, blank, you know those little folders that you get and they've got the blank um, I don't know insert pages uh, within them. Well, basically, I had this spreadsheet. Um, two files one file was for income expenses and the other file was for marketing activities and what I would do each week at the top I would have week beginning such-and-such date and ending such-and-such date below that I would have like a date column a description an outcome column uh, or for the income and expenses I would have the date the item what was the money in and then another call money out if it was an expense and then the balance at the bottom of the sheet. At the very first, in the first 12 to 18 months, I didn't have a proper accounting system. Everything was kind of on a spreadsheet. Um, but week after week on a Sunday or whenever, a Sunday or a Monday, but usually I always like to wrap up the week on a Sunday and start fresh on the Monday. So what I would do is I would sit down and go through what had just happened that week. So I would document, uh, did I go out networking? Did I put out social media posts? Did I have joint venture conversations? Um, So this is talking about the marketing activities. Good morning to all of those that are joining. Um, So basically, I would do that. And for marketing activities, you sometimes don't know what the outcome is until much later, it could be months later. But nevertheless, what this did for me is made me really accountable to actually review how many efforts I was putting out there in terms of promoting my business. And if the sheet only had one or two things in the marketing efforts I would and it looked really poor, I would be like, "Oh, I should have done something more. Maybe I should have written an extra article or a blog. Good morning, Melissa. Um, maybe I should have gone to an extra networking event or, or had a speaking, extra speaking opportunity or things like that. And, um, and so by looking at it, I think the marketing activities in the early days wasn't so much about true measure of what was working and what wasn't working, even though if you looked at it at the end of a year, you could see where you had success, but it was more for me to look at these are all the seven to 10 different things that I did to try to find clients prospects or whatever in, and you know to put put my business forward and so the other sheet which was income and expenses was um was something obviously I could really measure right but the thing is a lot of people don't want to do this from the early days is because there's hardly if any income at all coming into the business and literally for such a long time that income um section of my spreadsheet was empty like there was nothing there and then there was so heavily uh weighed (laughs) in the bottom where it was the expenses section of what money i was spending to uh build the business so my balance was always minus for a long period of time and that can become very disheartening for people Uh, but i got into this habit that every week i sat down and i wrote down all of my marketing activities what they were and after a period of time I would look back in them and look at was there an outcome of these then I could figure out actually where I was getting clients from and by the way in the early days 12 to 18 months I mean I think I had a total of like seven clients you know that it wasn't like um, you know a massive amount but I could see you know did they come from networking did I come from social media Did they come from a speaking gig or things like that. So. What I did in early days is literally monitor all of my marketing efforts, and got used to doing income expenses. And because I did that from day, probably month one or two, when you know because I hired my mentor very early on to journey. I could have all of this and I could flick back and I actually, what I liked sometimes doing is sitting there with my folder, which is, then I would print it off, of course, after I do the um, breakdown and type it all in, I would print it off and put it in my little folder and then I would flick through the pages and have a look at the things I was doing and it made me feel good, like, you know, it's like, okay, now everything's black and white. So really highly encourage you, if anything, start from something as basic as that. Nowadays, our marketing and financial uh, reports can be generated from the systems, but still to that point, Uh, We need to be regularly reconciling things and putting things in accurately and making sure that we are seeing our accountant and getting feedback on what's going on and and understanding how to read reports and all of that kind of stuff. Um, And the marketing efforts can be measured because of the money that we're spending, like, you know, on Facebook advertising, what our click through rate. So it's become a more sophisticated level of understanding numbers with, you know, now playing with real money and risking and all that kind of stuff. And you don't want to not know what it is because um, when you are, like, you know, the the marketing efforts in the early days were not paid uh, things. Maybe paying to attend a networking event was, oh yeah, by the way, that was actually an extra column that I had in the marketing um, folder was, um, the, how much did this marketing effort cost me? A lot of the time was free. Um, or if it was a networking event, $25 or $50. And then, um, what was the outcome was the the fourth column, I think, in that particular, uh, spreadsheet. So, um, so you, everyone can start at any one place to understand what's really going on. The worst, worst strategy, uh, to all of this is to go and walk around blind like you know thinking ignorance is bliss therefore I don't really want to know the real real truth about what's going on and what my outcome or the results are in my business and that's obviously a surefire recipe for um, you know imploding and having a business that might need to go into liquidation um, you know very very quickly so um, monitor your uh, marketing Understand what your cash flow is Um, because if you don't have cash flow, you can't reinvest in your business or if you don't have it, maybe you need to do things that require more time and effort over things that cost money. Like for example, maybe right now, you're not ready to outsource or or get some some stuff done for you because you're not quite at the cash flow level where you can do it. Now in saying that, you know, there are many things that you can do on your own in your business because they'll take you a lot more time to to, to do yourself, but there are some things that you must invest in, um, you know, like mentorships, uh, mentors and people who will help you get to solve a particular problem in your business and trying to work it out yourself might not be the, the smartest thing to do. So you just got to kind of make your decisions in the way of, You know, where must I invest that I seriously cannot afford to or neither do I want to spend the time learning how to do this particular thing Um, versus there's a thing that you can do in your business, let's say some of your admin or your bookkeeping or whatever it is that you perhaps can do and master yourself for a period of time until you can outsource it. Um, You know, that's where you might invest, you know, your own efforts and put in the extra hours yourself. Okay, so other things, conversion rates, okay, so conversion rates um, are important at any time um, of the business. Like for example, you can start from today. How many conversations, sales conversations did you have this past month, okay? And from those sales conversations, how many of those people became a client, okay? So if you had two sales conversations and you signed up one client, now you're at 50% conversion, right? I'm just talking low numbers because, um, of course, if you're earlier in your business, you might not have as many um, sales conversations and the aim is though that to, to skyrocket those and grow those exponentially and, of course, your conversion rate is likely to um, be lower because 1 in 2 is, of course, 50%, but when you're having 20, you know, is it going to be the same result? We're hoping that it's going to be the same but conversion rates can be measured at any stage. It's nothing to do purely from paid advertising. It's how many people are you in front of and that eventuate into um, a conversation and how many progress and all that sort of stuff. When people do events or speaking gigs, say you have a speaking opportunity, and I know Moana's just joined the call, and the other day she told us in our secret group that she's got this speaking opportunity as a result of someone seeing her um, achieve her Amazon bestseller status that we helped her, uh, you know, get last Tuesday. And so what Moana should be doing at this event when she goes to speak is figure out how many people were in the room, or she might even end up asking the organizer how many people came to the event. Or when you're speaking on the stage, you can figure out. Is it 30s? At 50s? At 100? You know, on you know a ballpark figure. So in that case, what she should then do, of course, at the end of that speech, you know, if she's allowed, which most of the time, if you're doing a free speaking, you'd be allowed to have a call to action. So at the end of that, um, you know, speaking, you get opportunity. How many people actually responded to her call to action and progressed to whatever that call to action was? You know, was it three out of thirty? So is that ten percent or whatever it is? Um, the other thing to consider sometimes in conversion rates, and when we're speaking about speaking, is, is you know, you know, are the people in the room your ideal clients or potentially in amongst those people just because they've come to this event, there might be some of your ideal clients. So the conversion rate may not be as accurate as, say, doing a self-hosted event that is attracting your ideal clients. For example, the half-day workshops we do, we attract all of our ideal clients pretty much, um, you know, in the room and we're speaking to people who are there who want to write a book versus, say, when you turn up to a speaking gig and you're speaking in front of 30 people but maybe, like, 70 80 percent of them are really not even in the ballpark of near being your ideal client so that's another thing to consider of the accuracy of those numbers all right so conversion rates really important you can organically measure them as you're speaking with people and figuring out what's happening over a period of time or if you're marketing your you, you know you can see you know what are my click through rates what are my how much money am I spending to get one person in my event if you're advertising an event and all that kind of stuff all right uh, event numbers if you do start hosting events you know over a period of time you know what i have noticed and i, I didn't think this would happen but it it has definitely happened You know, our average uh, number of attendees per event over the years has increased and I would say on average by five people more. So let's say in the very first years I was attracting five to ten people per event. In the following year I was attracting about seven to 12 people um, or, or a little bit higher than that. The following year was a bit more than that. And nowadays, like just the other day, uh, uh, probably about five days ago or two weeks before our three events coming up in Queensland next week, we actually had to make them sold out. Good morning, Zelda. Um, so we had to make them sold out because we hit the quota that we want to see in those rooms. So therefore, um, that was it. And then we move on to the to, to the next events and all that kind of stuff. So monitoring and not expecting that immediately as soon as you start doing events that you're going to be attracting numbers of 20 or 30 people so those kind of things also are things that grow over a period of time and um and you never get given the amount of people that you're not ready for right so when you're you know newer you have less less people and maybe because you're also not able to advertise Um, you know, use paid advertising. So therefore, why my numbers were lower in the earlier events are because I was hustling really hard to do organic strategies to get people in the room, you know, organic social media posts, organic... you know, getting out there, networking, talking to people, um, seeing others who might recommend my event, you know, just um, doing all sorts of different things that did not cost any money to actually put bums on seats in my room. So therefore, that's why, you know, slowly incremented from those. All right. So next thing is um, we, we talked about event numbers and then people at Speaking gigs, but also measuring how many times you actually speak in front of people in a year. You know, uh, one of my first goals that I set for myself in my, probably about six months in, um, after six months, I think it was that second year of the business. So if I started May 2010, in January 2011, I set a goal that that year I wanted to speak 20 times in front of people, like in front of groups of people. Um, so what um, I said, that means I need to generate or have five different speaking gigs opportunities. Now, what counted was anything that was 10 minutes and over. Okay, so, um, so how am I going to be able to find this? Obviously, keeping an ear out and presenting myself to organizers or, or putting my hand up and they said, we're looking for speakers, but also by self-hosting some of my own events. So it was a blend of being invited to speak. It was a blend of me doing events and also seeking out and going out networking and meeting more organizers and people and um and putting my hand up uh, for when they wanted a speaker at that event and so by being really focused and um setting this goal for myself i actually ended up um uh, getting to 30 speaking gigs that year um it was amazing and what that did It wasn't so much that my business skyrocketed just from these, which actually at about seven months into that goal, uh, it did, it started to grow towards that six-figure clientele base um, as a coach because I was in front of lots of people and and say every two or three people out of an event progressed to my call to action. So what happened was um, I grew so much in confidence as a speaker as not being nervous in front of people with my content. I could say and talk more or expand more and be clearer in terms of what I was saying. So I really got used to externalizing what my passion was about. And what a lot of people don't give themselves the opportunity to do is to externalize um, and to speak about what they love and how they pay, uh, help people. And if you don't do that, you, you know, you're know you going to be lacking the communi- communication skills to be able to um, you know, effectively uh, deliver what you want to deliver and take people to the next step of working with you. All right, so that's speaking gigs and that's how um, how I did it. And uh, every year, like I, I set goals. One year, I actually set a goal for as I was growing um, and being known more, therefore, I got more opportunities. I set a goal of 100 gigs. And that was the year, the theme of the year was one, 100 speaking gigs. And at the end of the year, if you, I think if you Google Natasha Denman, uh, 100, 100 speaking gigs or something, uh, you'll come up with this video that actually shows that whole year, all the yay photos we did. Um, and half of those events I was a guest speaker at and half of them were my own self-hosted events. But I did, I think I got 102 that year. I don't recommend doing it uh, like that, but since that year I actually slowly have um, uh, taken away um, some of those speaking opportunities and have said a no to a lot of things because, um, I know and I measured and I tested where my results were coming from. So therefore, I t- took that back my time uh, because I knew some things were fun to do, but they weren't bringing results and they weren't the most best way for me to spend the time. So therefore, I decluttered that and I brought stuff more of the stuff that I know works and is still enjoyable and a lot of fun. So now my amount of events per year is about 45 to 55 uh, that I do. Still a high number, um, but definitely not the 102, which meant I was almost every other day uh, doing a speaking gig. Uh, you know, but again, developed a lot of skills because of it, met a lot of people, um, continuing to network with those people over the years, uh, which result in opportunities and relationships after that. All right. So, um, uh, next one is of course monitoring the amount of clients, um, that you do have coming into your business. You could set a goal, you know, rather than a money goal, you can say, I would love to help, um, you know, 20 people a quarter or however many that it means for you. So having those, we have like a spreadsheet that says sales tracking 2020 and we put like what clients and what, what did they sign up into? Um, you know, was it, um, Retreat author, was it an online portal, was it a publishing package, was it an Amazon bestseller, was it an audio book? So obviously there's the different categories of different things and we just populate that throughout the year and it builds up and it actually gives us a one page look in terms of what's going on for that year and how we're progressing. So the other thing, however, to add on to that is, you will in your business have a drop-off rate. So what is your drop-off rate? And that is when someone signs up with you, they start working with you, but then they cancel out for one reason or another. And every business will have cancellations um, from time to time. Uh, It shouldn't be a super high percentage, but it's really good for you to know because then you don't get upset or disheartened if people cancel out, um, you know, f- you know, at random times, because then you kind of go, well, it's just part of business. Just like a business will have a certain small percentage of bad debt where people are not um making or fulfilling their payments like you want to be able to manage that as best as possible but in some cases you are going to end up with some tiny percentage hopefully it's a tiny percentage which is the other number that i had on uh, the thing that you need to be monitoring and looking at and planning for so so plan for a teeny percentage of bad debt plan that people are going to cancel because when it happens you don't have to be distraught or or sad or like, you know, go, oh, I'm no good or they don't want me or what's happened, it's all about me, That it's not true. Um, so just make sure that you um, are aware that these things happen so that you don't feel like it's the end of the world when it does. All right, uh, what else do we have here? I'll look at the bigger picture year after year. Um, sometimes we can get stuck in a period of a few weeks or even a couple of months where maybe we're going through a... Um, A slower period, like just things can slow down for one reason or another and it can feel like everything is like, oh, just stopped. Oh my God, my business is imploding. Uh, But it's not true. Um, So um, what you need to look at is what is the bigger picture? What is the conversion rate over this whole year versus over all of last year? Cause sometimes I can feel even 10 years in business can go, oh my God, maybe I've lost my touch. Maybe, you know, nothing, you know, so many no's in a row and things like that. And then, you you know, something will flick and then you'll have this period of absolutely smashing and quadrupling your conversion. And I go, where did that now come from? Of course, I've still got it, right? And you, you tell yourself those things. But then I, go, I stop myself when I do have the periods of where I feel like, you know, it stagnates. I say to myself, hang on. Let's just look at this whole let's look at what's happened over the last full twelve months rather than looking at this small blip of time where things might not be, you know, growing as I would love to. Because timing is everything. And um and I always um I always hate going through those times. I hate how I feel and all that sort of stuff. But then I stop myself and now with, with wisdom in my pocket, I know to just like just Take it easy. You know, you've gone through these periods time and time again. The best thing about having gone through experiences previously, you kind of know what to expect, um, you know, and what's going to happen. And, you know, even Christmas time, the, the, there's this pattern in human behavior that people get so, um, wor- uh, you know, worried about. Oh, my God, it's Christmas. Everything's going to shut down for one day and I won't be able to do stuff or, you know, da da da, da. And I feel that this emotion rises in uh, people and we always have two or three things that are just like, it's like, oh, what's why are these people like you know like that? But now I know to expect it. Oh, oh yeah, it's the pre-Christmas you know crazies that you know are coming around, or the vibes around, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, look at past experiences and um, and maybe take away some of what I have said today. Um, you know, as you know, okay, she says that ha- this happens, kind of. know on a regular basis i'll kind of know when i when i see it that perhaps it is normal yeah um and um and not you know get as worried as um as you know you might and what i used to as well um the last one i had on my list is your networking numbers so especially if you're early in your business you know what are your two networking events that you're getting out to to meet people, to connect with people, to continue growing your network, which we know is your net worth, um, and um, and that's one thing that I monitored. I'm, I, I just kind of brain dumped this list sixty seconds before we got on the call. So um, so that I should have said even from the beginning. But the very first things that I was always monitoring: what networking events am I going to? How many have I attended to year to date, and all that kind of stuff? What am I a member of? What am I getting out of my membership with this particular? group, is it good for me? Of course, not giving up on um, networking uh, events or groups uh, straight away because it's not about turning up to one or two events. I think you need to be in a place for a minimum of six months, if not 12 plus, um, where you've established relationships and you've gotten to know people and people have gotten to know you before things start to sort of happen and referrals and people helping you out and all that kind of stuff. So really really important to monitor that so let's do a quick summary of the things you should be looking at and reviewing not just weekly monthly and then of course yearly in the bigger picture but these are the things that are really important to learn how to love um so that you can then also speak business to other people because as you grow and you scale people want to know your numbers they want to know what's your conversion if i'm going to collaborate with you what's this and what's that and you don't have to tell them absolutely everything but some things you know they're actually your could be your um, uh, ammunition, if you like, um, to be able to go, this is what we do, this is what it looks like. Like when people say, how many events do you do? What does it mean? And how is this um, a $2 million business? I go, well, we do 40 events a year, which eventually into four or four retreats, average about 20 authors per retreat, multiply that and we've got all of that. So so I kind of can reverse engineer everything uh, for people to actually go, yeah. This is exactly what it looks like. So it's right there, black and white. I don't need to show you even my, um, you know, accounting figures. All right, so um, mon- So number one was monitor your marketing efforts and your cash flow, um, you know, even if it's basic spreadsheets. That was one, number one and two. Conversion rates, even organic ones, uh, later on paid ones and, and through you know all the numbers and reports that you generate um event numbers if you're going to do events and then of course um, speaking gigs who who's coming there how many people were there da, 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 what was the call to action all that kind of stuff clients so what's your clientele numbers and what programs have they signed up into and all that kind of stuff you can see a one-pager on what your results are, even without you looking at your accounting system um drop-off rate so what is your drop-off rate if um Uh, people sign up are they cancelling um, you know is one in ten people when they commit to working with you uh, pulling out so you know what's your drop-off rate Um, default payments um, you know what's your bad debt Um, you know are you monitoring that and if it's high what systems you need to put in place and what do you what must you stop doing to have this stop and um, be minimized to a teeny teeny one uh, one figure percentage amount, you know, hopefully less than one percent. Um, bigger picture, year after year, looking at uh, yearly overviews rather than day to day or month to month of what uh, or week to week of what's going on, and of course your networking numbers. So where are you going? Um, you know what's going on each time you go there and um, you know just documenting and journaling the things that are happening so you know where you're getting your results and making your decisions where not to spend your time and where to spend your time so I hope that all of this have given you a little bit of a food for thought for this week Um, And where you're at and then you're gonna pull out some spreadsheets and you're gonna start doing this and once a week Just reviewing some of these things to see where you're at. It might really be slow and really quick to do in the early days because maybe not too much activity or, or you know, sign-ups and conversion rates and all that sort of stuff is happening. But just get into the habit because once you get into the habit, you just kind of do it like brushing your teeth. It's on autopilot week after week. All right, guys, I have had a wonderful uh, time with you this morning. Uh, let me know what was your... Uh, some of your takeaways from this. Um, I'll just put the 10 just as a comment in the um, in the comment box. Uh, If you're in Victoria or I think it's South Australia as well have a Great rest of the public holiday. I certainly will after my lives and um, then back to it from tomorrow. We are um, off to HypnoBiz this uh, weekend for the conference on the Gold Coast as well as um, we're doing our Queensland events next week and then the U.S. after that. So we've got a big month of travel and events um, about about to start and we're super excited to meet lots of new people everywhere. All right, have a wonderful week and smash it out. Bye, guys.